This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 451 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. This tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections for the entire universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford at equestriancollections.com. Howdy, everybody. Glenn the Geek here from Lexington, Kentucky, and you're listening to Horse Tip Daily. Well, the next tip was taken off of episode number 153 for June the 1st, 2011 of the Horses in the Morning Show. It was the Horse Health Report from thehorse.com with Christy West. And we talked about strangles this time, and I thought it was interesting. It's not something that we have covered here on Horse Tip Daily yet, and it was a very interesting conversation. So I thought I would share it with you here. If you listen to Horses in the Morning and you've heard this before, you can go to tomorrow's tips. Just skip it and head on. There's always a next one or a new one tomorrow. If you haven't heard it before, it was a very fascinating conversation, and I think that, uh, I'm a little gross in places in my opinion, but I think that it was uh, worth taking a listen to, and that's why we're playing it for you here on Horse Tip Daily. And we're going to bring that to you here in just a minute, right after I talk to you a little bit about Equestrian Collections. Here, one of the reasons I am so proud to have Equestrian Collections as a sponsor on the Horse Radio Network is they are one of the most innovative companies in the equine retail world. Their website is so easy to get around and offers so much for the shopper. One of those things it offers is numerous online catalogs. Flip through the pages just like a real catalog. Find something you like, click on it, and buy it immediately. One of the catalogs up there right now is the Summer Tent Sale Catalog loaded with savings. Five pages of savings. So you go to equestriancollections.com and click on the Tent Sale Catalog right there on the homepage. And flip away, find stuff you like, and buy it right there off the catalog. It's so cool. That's something you can't do when you're sitting on your couch with a catalog. So you can check out all the different catalogs available at equestriancollections.com. And, you know, we always say it, but it's true. Equestrian Collections does provide the universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford. And now, the Horse Health Report from episode 153 of Horses in the Morning with my co-host Jamie Jennings and I, and Christy West, representing thehorse.com. It's time for the weekly health report from thehorse.com. Fantastic information and Christy's attempt to ruin Glenn's lunch every week. This week, because we're going to talk about delicious, yummy strangles. Oh, it's going to be so fun. But before we get to that, I I want to... Amy, I'm not sure we have Dr. Jones on yet, so let's say hi to Christy first. Oh, hi, Christy. (laughs) How are you? How are things going? You have to have been so busy with this whole herpes gate. I have been telling people that I've been up to my elbows, or up to my shoulders, actually, in herpes for about a week. (laughs) (laughs) Yuck! Just for a laugh. (laughs) There's another way to ruin Glenn's lunch. (laughs) It wasn't even on schedule. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, we've been we've been busy. Our, um, I'm I'm kind of out of it a little bit now. Our news editor Erica is still covering um, covering all the updates on the outbreak quite a bit. But those those two webinars that we ran last week, 
um, went really, really well. They were very, very popular. I was really glad that we could get a lot of information out to people on such a short notice. You, you said you had like thousands of listeners. We did. It was a ton. Yeah. We did. It was uh, it was pretty crazy <laughs> trying to trying to put together a couple of webinars on on such a hot topic in, in less than a week. Uh, it was it was very busy and it was it was awesome. It was we got a well, lot. You did of a good job. Good comments. Well, thank you yeah. very much. Well, you know it's all this training that I've gotten on the radio show. Yes, it's all this practice. <laughs> <laughs> it's all this practice. Yeah, but, I'm sure yours was a little more serious and informative. However, do you have any updates for us at all as far as those of us living out west that are kind of stuck at their houses right now? Well, we've got a new uh, update on our website. It went up, I believe, yesterday. Let me double check. Uh, yep, um, we've got an article. It's number 18326. So if you want to type in thehorse.com slash 18326 or just go to the homepage. It's currently listed under the More News uh, Equine Herpes Virus Outbreak Weekend Cases Boost Total Numbers. And there's, there aren't a, a ton of new cases. <clears throat> I mean, it looks like there was, uh, there was uh, one new case in Idaho, another case in California, um, let's see, eight total in Alberta, another university horse in Washington. I'm just running down the list here. So... And I know there was a new one in Texas, but it wasn't related at all to right. to the previous outbreak. Right, and um, a total of eleven in Arizona now. So, sorry, Jamie. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, we're going to have our horse trials that are coming up in June. They're just really cracking down on the biosecurity. Uh, I believe that they are going to institute a temperature policy. You take the temperature twice a day, morning and night. And any horse that shows any sort of temperature is going to be has has less than two hours to evacuate the premises. Right, and there and there you go. And that's something you know what. Equine herpes virus is not something as, as was meant, has been mentioned in a lot of places, but just to keep driving at home, it's it's not a new disease. It's not it's it's a new outbreak of the disease, but it's it's something that a lot of horse populations have been dealing with for a long time, and it's it's not an automatic death sentence. It's not it's it's a disease, and it's a neurologic disease, which is never fun, especially in a large animal. But it's it's something that we've been dealing with for a while. So if people are just, just careful, biosecurity is important, and not just for herpes virus. I mean, also for things like, oh, strangles. Or, uh, you know, we've had some questions lately about, you know, does my horse really need a Coggins to go to this show? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to keep diseases out of these areas where horses can congregate and spread it quickly and then take it home to all points of the globe as, as, as happens. So I think, I think honestly, nobody likes an outbreak, but it's, it's good that people are getting reminded to be careful. For you know, Christy, reasons, not just herpes. Christy, I wanted to ask you about something else too, and you you guys have probably done uh, some articles on it, and I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit. We're waiting for uh, Dr. Jones is apparently uh, incommunicado at the moment, so we're waiting, oh. trying to get her on the line. You know, she is a veterinarian, so, <laughs> so we have she to expect that occasionally. Crazy busy right now, and I'm, I'm see if Jennifer got my note about her cell number as well. Uh, she said uh, cell got machine, she, uh, no uh, service right now, went right to there. So she's still trying. Okay, uh, But in the meantime, uh, you know, we've been covering, obviously, the Boyd Martin fire story. And have you guys done, uh, Jamie had an excellent question, is when a horse has smoke inhalation uh, like his horses did, have you guys done articles, is there, is there recovery possible, or do they always have damage? Can they ever compete at the top levels again? Do you know anything about that? 
Uh, you know, that's, a, that's an excellent question, and we've got an article. Well, of course, we have an article on this. We have articles on almost everything. I figured. Um, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Um, by the way, Aaron says try or sell again. Um, we have an article on the horse.com. It's number 10732. Uh, it's about the wildfires that happened a few years ago, and it was just in, written in association with that about dealing with smoke inhalation. And, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, one of the questions, number four on the list, is how long does it take the lungs and upper airway to heal? And the, the short answer is time required for healing of the respiratory tract varies with the severity and duration of the insult. In general, the upper respiratory tract will recover more quickly than the lower respiratory tract. Mild cases of smoke inhalation may require two to four weeks for recovery to occur, but more severe cases will take months, and the most severe cases will heal with some scar tissue, which could result in chronic respiratory problems. So it's just it depends on how much smoke they got. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Sure, sure. And yeah. <clears throat> but again, if you want to check that that the rest of the things in that article out, questions, you know, what can be done to protect horses in smoky areas if you can't get them out? Again, not so much a fire in the barn scenario as something where there's a lot of fires in the area. Um, what can you do if your smoke was in if your if your smoke if your horse was in smoke and is coughing and has watery eyes or nasal nasal discharge? What happens when a horse breathes in smoke for multiple days and things like that? So there's a number of questions there you might want to check out. And again, that's thehorse.com slash one zero seven three two. And I know you guys are also uh, keeping up on the Boyd Martin situation as well as the Chronicle and uh, Eventing Nation. So. Yeah, if somebody wants information, they can check any of those places, of course. Um, all right, it looks like we have Dr. Jones is ready here, and we're getting her. I'm going to trying to get her on the line here. Uh, are you there, Dr. Jones? Yes, sir. I am so sorry. I tried calling back, and I could hear you guys talking about me, and it was all smack, and I was really disappointed. <laughs> and um, I'm here. I can hear you. <laughs> Perfect. Well, and actually, Aaron, she heard it. I here. keep forgetting that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now that Aaron's here, I, we wanted to talk a little bit of smack to you guys, by the way, Glenn and Jamie. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> there's got to be a little bit of payback, because you, re if you'll remember, the last couple of shows that we've done, We've asked about the jingle because we haven't had the jingle, and we missed the jingle. We like the jingle. I played it today. Did, did you hear? You played it today, and you played it last week when neither one of us were here. <laughs> we were so well. disappointed. <laughs> well, here. It's time for the weekly health report from thehorse.com. Fantastic information and Chrissy's attempt to ruin Glenn's lunch every week. I feel so much better. <laughs> I definitely do. So let's let's go ahead and try to ruin Glenn's lunch and get on to our topic. We'll be back in about ten minutes, guys. Uh, <laughs> no, stay right oh, no. here. You don't get to leave. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about strangles, as you know, and uh, I think Aaron's got some really good nasty strangle stories just to talk about what is strangles and how what kind of clinical signs it has, and let's pull out all the stops, please. <laughs> well, as we all know, the word strangles is um, used because the horses would have enlarged lymph nodes underneath the jaw that would cut off their ability to breathe and strangle them. So that's where the name came from. Um, it's because of the bacteria equi that is growing in their respiratory tract and lodges in those lymph nodes and abscesses. So, as you know, Glenn, with abscessing, there's a lot of pus, 
lot of swelling, and they get so large that they actually bust open and discharge. So before they bust open and discharge, that's your best time to address the situation to try to treat it so it doesn't bust open and discharge because once they discharge, they're discharging all that bacteria and able to spread it from horse to horse. And, of course, that's the best time to tell your wife, call the vet, I'm out of here, and then you go play golf. (laughs) That is what a horse husband does at a time like that. And they go wash their hands before they leave and change their clothes and maybe even scrub their boots. No, no. That big slobbering pile that's on the ground of pus. It it doesn't matter because we never got that close. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Now, besides the the, 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 um, discharge coming from underneath the um, lymph nodes, it also comes profusely out the nostrils. And it's a load of fun to walk down a a whole barn that's having a strangled outbreak and seeing horses hanging their heads out the stall doors with a big puddle of pus underneath. It's just pouring out. And uh, that's the biggest problem with this is it goes horse to horse to horse. They usually don't die. They usually don't strangle themselves to death. But they do get the disease very easily. So we call it an endemic, meaning it it spreads from one to the other very quickly, um, disease. So... Um, that decreases your training time. It decreases the health, you know, the the um, ability to go out and ride or enjoy your horse. And it increases your cost because you've got care, meaning veterinary care, vaccine care, uh, daily cleanup care, biosecurity cleanup, things like that. So it's a very costly disease. It's usually not costly in the death of a horse unless things go wrong, but it is a uh, costly disease. Nice and messy for Glenn. So, you know, make sure you're not walking through those puddles as you go through the barn, back to the cleaning the roof. <laughs> this is a, yeah, exactly. a horse. I think if there was a whole barn outside, I was the horse husband, and the whole barn had strangles, that's grounds for divorce right there. That's just, <laughs> I'm out of here, I'll see you. Or at least, a, no, not divorce, separation for about, how, many, how long does it take to get it out of there? That's how long you're well, separated. Yeah, it depends on when you catch it um, in the uh, process of the disease. Again, if before they abscess, if they're not too big, you can start treating with penicillin or some other appropriate antibiotic, and the horse can get better. But if it's already gotten to an abscess point or busted open, it's usually too late to treat with an antibiotic uh, because the abscess is walled off from the blood supply and it doesn't get into the area it needs to get into. So okay, let, let's let, let's back up here a little bit because you guys have been trying to gross Glenn out and he's been jumping in and everything. I want to get to the meat of this because this actually is That's kind of a, a bad big word deal. to use right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. you know it's all good. <laughs> so to to give a general overview on strangles, um, what what does it look like in your horse and how does your horse get it and then what are the what what should you do immediately? Okay, what it looks like, we kind of went over that briefly just to gross Glenn out, but it can look as simple as little nodules underneath the mandible are getting uh, slightly enlarged and firm feeling. They're hot and tender. Now, that happens with any respiratory problem because the lymph nodes act like a filtering unit. They filter out all the fluids that are flowing from front to back and trying to filter out any kind of um, bugs that you they might be coming across to help clean the system. That's what lymphatics do. So they can enlarge on any kind of respiratory problem like the EHV, influenza, 
any other upper respiratory problem. So you don't can it too much on it, but you should keep a close eye, and I would start isolating that horse immediately. And that means a stall next to it on either side, and if you have stalls, go nose-to-nose behind you. In caddy corner, they all need to be cleared out and emptied so that horse doesn't have anybody nearby. 35 feet is how far they can sneeze or cough and spread the um, wow. mucus and bacteria. So even across an aisleway, which usual aisleways are anywhere around 10 to 12 feet across, that horse across the way can actually get infected as well. So that's the, this is simply, it could look like in large lymph nodes and this discharge coming out of the nose. It could be as bad as the lymph nodes abscess and you've got, seriously, a puddle of pus underneath the horse coming from the nose and from the lymph nodes, spreading it all over the stall, and that just becomes a nightmare in trying to clean up and um, do your biosecurity that everybody's been talking about lately with EHV. It's, a, a, you know, a more obvious biosecurity. Now, to avoid and protect your horse from it is... Definitely make sure that you don't share water buckets. Same thing as with the herpes discussion we've had this last month. Don't share water buckets. Don't share water troughs. Don't go nose-to-nose with horses you don't know anything about. Introducing new horses to your barn. Make them be isolated for 21 to 30 days before you introduce them to the herd or introduce them into the main barn. Um, Those are just simple common sense ideas. Don't share bits. Anything that would come in contact with saliva or nose or nasal secretions, you should definitely avoid. If you have had a problem with strangles on your farm previously, it is not a problem in the soil of the farm, which is an old thought process. It is more of a problem that comes from a particular horse that's a carrier, and that horse may never show signs of the disease. They may be a carrier that just spreads it, and then the next horse gets it and has the fulminant um, disease process go on. What can you do to prevent? Besides doing the biosecurity, you yourself can vaccinate your own horse. Um, those vaccines don't completely keep them from getting the disease. They just decrease the severity of the disease. There's intramuscular ones that have many side effects to them, and the fact of being very, very painful. Horses act like they're lame after they get the shot, um, and it's just a very painful <laughs> shot to give. The other one is an intranasal one. It's been out for at least 10 years, and it goes to where the bug actually harbors, which is up in the guttural pouch and nasal area, is a pharynx area, and it coats the mucosa and protects them from getting the disease in a exorbitant amount, such as the enlarged lymph nodes and such. That one has other side effects, too. Um, there have been abscesses found in the muscle of horses that will give them an IM shot at the same time, whether that was contamination by the person giving the IM shot or whether it is truly circulated to the blood and lands in the IM spot. The jury's out on that. Um, that discussion seems to go back and forth quite a bit. Um, so I always recommend giving that shot alone by itself uh, without any other IV or IM shots. And then the mm-hmm. other um, side effects that they can get is an autoimmune response to that vaccine. But they're all trying to protect the horse in its best effort. So if you think you're in a population that might have a tendency to see strangles, you might want to protect your horse for it with either the, the vaccine or just keep them away from horses you don't know. So did I yeah. cover everything yeah. on that, Jennifer? Or is it Jamie that asked? Yeah, you did great. I, I mean, especially, you know, the vaccine thing. My, first of all, my horse is not just allergic to many vaccines. He's allergic to needles. And he's also <laughs> allergic to certain types of vaccines, which is really fun. Um, but he did not have a reaction to the intranasal strangles vaccine, uh, strangles thing that he got. So how effective is the intranasal one? 
it is effective better than the IM ones because it does decrease the severity of the disease. But in an outbreak, they recommend you do not vaccinate with any of the vaccines. So let's say you're in a barn and all of a sudden you found out a, barn, a horse at your barn got strangled and you want to run and vaccinate. They highly recommend you do not do that. So this is something you're going to do ahead of time. You're going to have to pre-plan for it. Um, but as far as you said, the side effects to it is very minimal. The up the nose, it's the most trouble see is a clear nasal discharge the next day. Big deal. It's, it's nothing life-threatening. There's no fever. There's no soreness, anything like that. So it's a very good vaccine in that respect. Oh, good, good, good. So, yeah, that's that's very important. Now, I think what you guys it says strangles is this very scary word to most horse owners. You know, strangles, ah, that's what everybody freaks out. And obviously, you do have so many preventative measures that you have to take when you do have a horse with strangles on your property. So, Christy, I believe you guys have a webinar coming up about this. We don't have a webinar coming up on strangles. We do have one on upper respiratory infections in general that probably will touch on okay. that, and that will be June okay. 30th. So it will probably cover herpes as well, flu. There's a number of things it will cover. So definitely uh, take a look at that. Um, you can sign up for that at thehorse.com slash webinars. But I also wanted to talk about, and Aaron touched on it briefly, uh, the guttural pouches. And this is something that that's, uh, people have heard about but don't necessarily understand what they are and how the, vi- how the uh, bacteria can live in them and, and cause cause uh, outbreaks later. Erin, can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, they have just recently found out that that's where the bug Strepiquia is, is hiding out and uh, doing its uh, little colonization, if you want to call it that, and reproducing itself. It's a nice warm environment that's in the back of the throat or between the head and the throat, nasopharynx area is what we call it. And some people compare it to like the middle, the inner ear, the middle ear, um, in humans, but it has a bunch of blood vessels that run on the outside of it. Um, it has some bones that run through it. Uh, your your vet can go up and scope into it, or a vet can go up and scope into it and look for pus in there if you have any concern that you might have a horse that has some sort of um, discharge that's coming from that area. Uh, they have tested farms, many farms that have had annual strangled outbreaks, and how they test them is they put saline lavage into these guttural pouches, catch what comes out the nose, and then they test it for the strangled bug. And that horse that is positive for what they call guttural pouch lavage is one that they will um, start to treat. And they treat in the guttural pouch. They don't treat with systemics. They treat in the guttural pouch. Then they retest them again to make sure they clear them up. And a lot of these consistently strangled barns every year are now seeing no strangled cases. Perfect. Okay. And I just want to let everyone know, I just posted a link on the Horses in the Morning page, um, that article for that. We've actually got a diagram of those guttural pouches that you can take a look at. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's at, uh, at thehorse.com slash 15229, I believe. Let me pull that back up. Uh, yes, 15229. So. Good deal. Well, you guys, thank you so much. Unfortunately, because we got a little late start, we are running a little bit late. Uh, but definitely check out thehorse.com. Pastor Jones, we missed you. It was good to have you back. I missed you guys, too. I was looking forward to it, so I was bummed I missed the first call that came through, but I just was in a little area that didn't uh, didn't pick up the first time around. So I'm glad to have joined you guys today. Thank you very much for having can, me again. Can I have a request? Can next week can we talk, like, something about, like, massage or... <laughs> actually, Glenn, you're reading my mind. I was actually thinking about a physical therapist coming on and talking about physical therapy in horses. Oh, perfect. Oh. No blood and guts in that. 
I like it. I thought, I'd get, on, I thought I'd get on your good side for once here, Glenn, so. <laughs> I think she's going to tease you. It was just the part about walking through the barn and yeah, and, walking and, and, through the pus on the floor. Walk, yeah, walking through the pus on the floor. That was it. It wasn't uh, bad. Well, usually, I'm sorry. Usually, you don't walk through it. Usually, you slip on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> on your that back in the puddle. There you go, fruit. Glenn. That is not horse husband approved. That is grounds for divorce, and we get everything except the work. <laughs> but so. you think of what a hero you are when you help, and that's in that kind of a situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Thanks to thehorse.com for providing these weekly uh, health reports. And, uh, well, I don't know if that one made your day or not, but uh, you certainly should have learned some, a little bit about strangles along the way. And uh, what I learned is you just don't want your horses to get it. Not a fun thing. We'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.